And I want to talk to you today about the God of transitions. Now the fact is, all of us frankly are in transition in our life. My goodness, I just think about the pandemic that we're in right now for some of you. Um, that has, has forced issues upon you. Uh, it's curtailed activities. It's placed limitations on virtually every aspect of your life. Uh, it may be affecting your career. It may be affecting your relationships. Uh, this, this is a fall time of the year, and we're having to do a transition with the care of our kids now with school. Some of us have kids old enough. They've gone off to college, and we're transitioning in, a, in an empty nest period. I may be talking to some people today and you've just gone through a divorce or you're in a separation from somebody or maybe you've lost a loved one in your life. These are huge periods of transition and I want to talk to you about the God of transitions. In fact, there's a passage of scripture if you have notes that you've printed out or it's coming up on the screen for you at least from Isaiah chapter 46 verses 3 and 4. Now, God speaks these words to the nation of Israel. But frankly, uh, the Bible says everything that's written in Scripture is for our encouragement and our teaching today. God wants us to know this is how he feels about his people. And that includes you if you belong to him. So look at what he says. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Now that's an interesting phrase because typically we talk about a mom carries their baby to birth but here God says I've been carrying you since your birth in fact notice what he says and even to your old age and gray hairs I am he I am he who will sustain you then look at what God says I've made you and I will carry you I will sustain you and I will rescue you see the fact is God is reminding us you have never really been alone your entire life my friend and you never will be and God says in this incredible promise from cradle to grave he is going to be the God of transitions now let me I want to say five things to you about transitions and and how God is at work in those the first thing I really want to say is that time makes transitions inevitable and that ought to be obvious to us that time itself, itself makes transitions absolutely unavoidable because we age. He says in this verse, uh, you know, to your old age and your gray hairs, our hairs start turning gray or they start turning loose for most of us. And uh, we age and we wear out and we die. Things quit on us and they go out. This is a natural part of life. In fact, this is why they got to keep finding new actors to play James Bond, because they, they, just start, they just start getting really old. This is why the Rocky movies have now had to move to the next generation, because Rocky got too old to stand in a ring and be able to fight. In fact, the other day, uh, I saw uh, an interview with Paul McCartney. In fact, look at this picture that's coming up on your screen. I remember the Beatles in 1964 as those fresh-faced lads from Liverpool, and I saw him, and he is 78 years old. Now, I just ask you, if Paul McCartney, the guy on the right, had showed up in 1964, would he have helped change the world the way it did? Probably not. But you see, time, time makes transitions inevitable. In fact, uh, you know, it dawned on me the other day that uh, 
that next week, I anticipate I'm going to have a new pastor in my life, that Shane Ham is now going to be my senior pastor. You know, I haven't been able to say that I have a senior pastor since 1984. And I was talking to Shane about that the other day, and I said, man, you know, that's like, you know, 36 years ago. And, and he just laughed, and he said, yeah, he says, I was still in grade school. See, time is moving on. Now, here's the thing I want to say about transitions, and that is we really don't like we don't like change. We're creatures of habit. And we especially don't like change when it's thrust upon us, when we haven't had a say in it. In fact, one of the things I like to say to our staff when we try to do changes at North Point is, uh, is I, I like to say to them, you know what, the only thing that likes to get changed is a baby with a dirty diaper. And, you know, even, even they will squawk and squirm about it. Because we don't like change. In fact, would you write this down? Its biggest obstacles are often within me. We don't like changes and transitions because they often force unwanted changes upon us. And our first tendency is to react negatively to them. Because you see, unwanted change when it comes into our life, it evokes fear and confusion and discomfort and restlessness and despair. And as I said, we tend to right off the bat think, you know, oh man, nothing good can come from this. You, you know, it's, it's interesting, you can go back and you can see some of the, some of the uh, maritime maps from way before Columbus's time. And, uh, and, and out in the area of the Atlantic Ocean, you'll see that they, they will have written right on the edges of the maps, beyond these lie dangers and sea monsters. And you know what's interesting to me is that um, we tend to, the, the unknown, the uncertain thing, we often re relate to it very, very negatively. We have fear and confusion and discomfort. And what I want to say is that, that usually those things are just kind of inside our own head. In fact, our first tendency is to react negatively. Notice in Psalm 73, verse uh, 21 and uh, through 23, look at what the psalmist says. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you, yet I am always with you, and you hold my right hand. He said, you know what, when, when circumstances came up to me, man, my emotions were all over the place, and I found myself reacting, but he said, you know, really, I, I didn't need to be so afraid, because God, you are actually with me. And what I want to say is that our biggest obstacles in life are often between our own ears. And one of the things about handling transitions, why God wants to say to us, I'm with you, and I'm going to carry you. I'm going to be with you through every transition in your life is because God wants us to be able to respond positively and understand that our biggest battles are fought inside us against our own thoughts and fears. In fact, I love how Romans 5.3 from the Phillips translation, it teaches us how we can respond positively in faith. Look at, I love how the Phillips puts this passage. Uh, Paul says this, we can be full of joy here and now, even in our trials and troubles. I want you to underline this next statement. Taken in the right spirit taken in the right spirit, these very things will give us patient endurance. It's a word that means stamina. 
the ability to persevere. They'll give us endurance. And this, in turn, will develop a mature character. And a character of this sort produces a steady hope, a hope that will never disappoint us. See, because God says, I want you to understand that I'm working even in transitions. You know, the other day, it caught my, my eye. We hear so much about, you know, the, uh, the pandemic and, and people being uh, at home and sheltering in place. And boy, that's having an effect on, on people emotionally. And it's having an effect on marriages and families. And I, there's no question that that's true. <laughs> but I found it interesting that the American Family Survey, which is a survey of 3,000 households in the U.S., Here's what they found. They, they looked at, well, what is the state in 2020 of the American family? And, and here's what they found. 58% of married men and women, 18 to 55, actually said the pandemic had caused them to appreciate their spouse more. And 51% said it had actually deepened their commitment to their marriage. And what's interesting, the number of couples who said their marriages were in trouble actually dropped from 40% last year to 29% in 2020. See, there's a difference between you seeing yourself as a victim and you realizing that transitions can actually be used to do something good in our life. In fact, number two, it's because God works strategically through transitions that we can have hope, and we can have courage, and we can, we can deal with life uh, in the way that he wants us to. And it's obvious God works through transitions. He's built seasons into our year, and, and each season is a transition to the next, to the next season. Uh, and and it, you know, in the winter, things die, and they go dormant, but in the springtime, they begin to come to life again. And in the summer, in those hot heats, Beautiful fruit gets developed that leads to a harvest in the fall. And even the way we grow as persons, we, we develop mentally, move through different stages of our life that God is using to develop us as persons. And you know, in the Bible, God did the same thing with his plans and his purposes and in the history of salvation. That, you know, God had a purpose to begin with a guy named Abraham, but then he transitioned to Isaac, and then to Jacob, and then to the patriarchs, and then to Moses, and then to Joshua, and then to the people of faith like Gideon, and finally to King David, and, and you move right on through into the New Testament, and a prophet named John the Baptist comes along, and he transitioned, of course, to Jesus, the ultimate, the Son of God who came among us to redeem us. But then even Jesus said, but my purpose is I'm going to transition and my spirit is now going to be on you. And he left, and he left his spirit to be in us to be able to do his work. See, God works strategically through transitions. Proverbs 20, verse 24 says this, the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? See, when you're going through a transition, it can seem difficult and confusing and all the things we've mentioned. But God says, but I want you to trust me that I'm working even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. And along the way, it can seem pretty confusing. And I, man, I just remind you, you know, your first day of kindergarten was a high anxiety event for you. And do you remember the fears of what it would be like to go to junior high? 
And then, man, what's it going to be like to go to high school? And then what's it going to be like to go off to college? And you look back on those things now and you just realize, you know, what is it that I was sweating and worrying about? I did okay. You know, this summer we lost uh, one of our members here, dear brother, Mario DeFrancesco III. And um, in fact, a couple of couple series back, I, I shared this quote from him. It's something that he said that his wife shared with me as we were preparing um, his memorial service. And, and I love his words. If we could look forward and see God's plan as easily as we can look back and see his hand in everything, it would be easier. But it wouldn't require any faith. And you know, it's really true that those who leave everything in God's hand end up seeing God's hand in everything. Because God works strategically throughout our life, and he does it with a series of transitions. Psalm 57.2 says, in fact, this is a good reminder of how we should pray when we're in a, when we're in a confusing time of transition, in a difficult time, in a challenging time. I call to God Most High who fulfills his purpose for me. See, that's the good news is that God has a purpose for you. And even when I don't see it, He's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's at work because of his purpose. Now, in fact, could I just point this out to you? There's not a fill-in-the-blank spot if you're working with our notes right now. But here's just a statement that I want to make to you, and that's this. God's purposes drive the processes and the placements and the persons that he's using to shape me. And the reality is that it's God's eternal purposes that really are driving the processes that he's using right now, including a time maybe of difficult transition for you. He's certainly, his purposes, his eternal purposes are driving this process of transition of leadership here at North Point. And his purposes, they drive not only the processes that he uses, the tests that he brings over time and even the disappointments and delays, but even the placements, the places and the positions he puts us in are meant to be building us. And sometimes we ask ourselves, why, God, why have you got me here? And God says, no, no, no. You need to understand I've got purposes and placing you right where you are. And then the persons, God certainly wants us to understand that we need people to really help us to grow. And what a difference that when God brings persons into our lives to encourage us, especially persons of faith, hope, and love. And that's why, by the way, you and I need to be that for other people in their times of transition. That we're showing courage and confidence to help them to be encouraged in their life. God's purposes drive the processes and the placements and the persons that he's using to shape me. And you know what? Uh, on your notes, it's coming up on the screen if you don't have notes in front of you. There, you know, just some key North Point transitions. You know, some of these truths, boy, I certainly learned over the years, in the last 32 years, when you know, I pointed these out to you last week. These are key, what I consider some key transition points. 1988, we got a preaching point established. And, and I would say those first two or three years are identity was being developed and then we moved from 
what I call a, a niche that we just started trying to reach people we felt we could relate to the easiest. And then our church in the 90s began to grow. And our identity had developed, but now our congregation was developing. In fact, I remember at that time just having the confidence that, you know what, if we build the people, the people are really going to build the church. They're the ones who are going to be the church. They're the ones who are going to build the ministries that happen. And our, our focus was on building and, and developing people. In fact, I have to tell you that I, I just was reminded of this the other day. That um, <laughs> one time a lady called. We'd, we'd sent out a flyer inviting people. I think one of our Easter services. And she called and said, I just want to know about this church. Are you, are you kind of a young church? And I said, well, you know, we have people of all ages. She said, no, 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 I mean, like, are you just kind of getting started out? Because we were meeting in a school, is why she asked us that, at time middle school. And, uh, and I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, we've been meeting for a few years, and, and uh, we look forward to finally having our own property. And she said, oh, well, I, I'm not interested in coming to your church. And, you know, those churches that start out and they just get going, man, they're going to be asking me for my money because you're going to have to build buildings and you're, you're going to want to grow larger. And, uh, and I, I really don't know that I want to come be a part of a church like that. Now, I have to tell you, one, one disadvantage to being a Christian is that you honestly, you just can't tell people what you're really thinking. <laughs> and what I really wanted to say to this lady is, you are a selfish person. You're saying you want to be a pure consumer of what churches have to offer, but you don't want to have any contribution at all to making a difference in the lives of others and serving God's purposes in the world? And so I was happy to recommend some other churches here in town to her that she might want to go check out. I don't know if she ever ended up even visiting us. But, you know, I was convinced that we ought to pay attention to building the people. And that was kind of the, that was the period of time that we were in. In fact, right about that same time, I came across something that was so inspiring to me. I want to read it to you because it may speak to some of you right now who, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe you're, you're trying to get a new business launched. And, um, but I want to read it to you. It, here, it was just entitled, People Are Ready to Help Me. Here's what it says. Great people are ready to help me at the right time in the right way, people that I don't even know yet. So I promise I will never give up because I don't have all the help, but I will trust that God will provide it. God has the resources to help you that you haven't even considered yet. And there are multiplied thousands of persons with all sorts of talents and skills and concerns and contacts that God can bring into your life in order to fulfill his plans. So open your eyes and see the faces of people around you. Open your ears to hear what they're saying. Today, tomorrow, next week, you'll meet someone, someone who is just the person that you need to help you. The right person will come along to fill the right place at just the right time, and you will marvel knowing God arranged it so beautifully. And I remember watching that happen over and over and over again as God brought amazing people. And then, you know, we moved out of the school and, you know, last week I mentioned this to you, a fold-up church became a build-out church. And from 
1998 to 2008, our campus began to expand and grow as, frankly, our ministry got a platform on which to stand for generations to come. And then, beginning in 2008, we began to become a regional church that reached places where people would sometimes drive 30, 40 minutes to be a part of our church, and we grew in size and development. And you know, what really happened, I think, is our congregation deepened and ministries broadened. You know, we were always convinced that if we would pay attention to deepening the message, that God would increase our impact. And that if we would pay attention to developing our people and our ministries here, that God would broaden our influence. And that exact thing happened. And kind of the way I would say at this strategic time, what happened is that North Point developed its real sense of community. It's this period of time that put the community in North Point, community church. And it's been an awesome thing to see. And and I just have to say, I'm just so excited about our future. In fact, I really think we're still just kind of like in the adolescent stage of development here. We're just now catching on to who it is we are and what we can really become. And I'm so excited about our future. And I'm excited about the leadership God has developed to step into this time of transition and lead it. If I had any regret, it's that I'm handing leadership at this time when so many things are curtailed because of COVID-19. I really wish especially that Pastor Shane, uh, Pastor Shane and the leadership team that he's going to be leading that, oh man, they weren't fettered in so many ways. But I know that God has a way of working in transitions and suddenly he can open a door and change things. In fact, you want to be ready because if you'll write this down, he sometimes turns a hinge of history with me. And what I mean by that is, is that God is he's working in our life and he's, he's, he's got us in places and, and he's bringing persons into our life and he's building processes in us. There comes a time when all of a sudden what I call a hinge of history turns and a whole new way can open up with new paradigms and new opportunities That puts us on a whole new trajectory. Now, you and I have seen this happen negatively. We're very aware that there are times when we've sinned. If we've, you know, we've said yes to a temptation we should have said no to. We stepped into darkness when we should have stayed in the light. We zagged when we should have zigged. That that can bring unforeseen kinds of consequences. And what I'm saying is, is that the same thing is true positively And what I want to encourage you, as I read just a moment ago, maybe today, maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe this year, God is getting ready to turn a hinge of history for you in this time of transition. And you want to be ready for that. See, we tend to focus in transitions on what's ending or what we've lost or what has changed that we didn't want to see change. But God wants us to see. If you'll write number three, write these quickly now, the last three. Number three, every ending is actually a new beginning. God says every ending is is really, it's, it's a new opportunity for you to make a new beginning, for new possibilities to come, for new growth and development. And God says new things are gonna come that are gonna call new things out of you. Areas of courage and commitment and discipline, strengths and wisdom 
that are, that are going to come. In fact, I, here's a question I really want to ask you in your own life. What is it that could really be birthed in 2020 for you? In your marriage, in your home, in the business community. What, what is it that God could really use this time to give you greater insight and opportunity and begin some new choices and new habits. In fact, Psalm 37, 23 says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights, notice, in every detail of their lives. See, God cares about the details of the things that happen to you because number four, if you'll write this down, God is writing his story through mine. God is actually writing his story of humanity through mine. And I hope you've caught that little play on words that his story we call history. That what we're saying here is that you're an essential part and character in the history of the world. That's why God made you to be a part of it. That's why Christ died to redeem you to be a part of God's story. That's why he put his Holy Spirit in you to claim you because God has a role that he wants you to play in his story. That's why he included you. That's why he included me. And especially, and, and some of us are saying, you know, yeah, but man, I'm no Billy Graham. I can see how God could use people like Abraham Lincoln or God could use people like Dr. Dr. King, but I have no place. And God says, oh, yes, you do. In fact, he says, I'm preparing a place for you forever with me because I want you to be a part of my story. And especially, you and I play a key role in being able to pray for and witness to others so that God uses us as a billboard to bring people into his eternal kingdom. And God shapes you in a specific way to do that very thing. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I love, I love what this passage says. Look at it. Let us lay aside every weight. In fact, this is what I call one of those lettuce verses in the Bible. Because a couple times it's going to tell us lettuce. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, God has a race for you to run. He's planned for you to play a role. Let's run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. And then I love how this translation puts this, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, Jesus is the author that's at work in your life, and he starts building your faith, and he says, I have a story that I want to do through you. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish that story. Now, I, I just will tell you, you don't have to pursue his storyline you can pursue your own storyline. You can start doing things your own way. But I want to tell you that his story is always going to be better. He's always got a greater idea of what he wants to bring about in your life. And then the, the Apostle Paul reminds us, those times we just get discouraged. We can't see what it is God is doing and why he's at work in the present moment. But he encourages us. Philippians 1.6 I'm sure about this, the Apostle Paul said, the one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the, the job by the day of Christ Jesus. In fact, that's the fifth thing I'd like to say to you if you'll write this down. God's all about a great ending. <laughs> he's all about great endings. In fact, he's got an eternal one for you. 
that he's been working toward with you that you're not going to believe. You see, God is planning and preparing for you to enjoy eternity with him. And I will just say to you that God is God's not going to lead you to ruin you. God's not going to begin to lead you in life in order to destroy you, but to fulfill you. Ethel Waters was a, a great a blues and jazz singer in the 1930s and 40s, and she ended up uh, committing her life to Christ at a Billy Graham crusade. And then for years, she sang. Uh, she was a Broadway artist, uh, Oscar-nominated actress, and, and she was a personality on his platform who would sing. She's credited with opening the doors to Afri African-American uh, artists because of, of her incredible talent. And she used to sing, and one of, the, one of the things that she used to say, and I used to love it, is she'd say, friend, God loves you. And children, God made you, and God doesn't sponsor any flops. And you know, God says, you know what, this, I want you to understand that I specialize in taking your mess and turning it into a message. To take the tests in your life to give you a testimony. And God is very skilled at seeing glory in something we only see as gory. And so no matter where you are today, God says, you know what, I want to help make a great ending to your life and you know this is the good news is that none of us can go back and we don't get any do-over on the start that we made on things but we can choose and begin today to decide what the ending could be like on our life and God loves good endings in fact God says I want you to understand that when you walk with me and trust me Psalm 92, verses 12 to 14. Yeah, I love this passage. Look at, the, look at the picture that's here. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They thrive in the courts of our God. By the way, you know a palm tree? That, it can live a century, 100 years. But a cedar tree, it can live a 1,000 years. And what God is saying is, you know what, I, I want to I carry you throughout your entire life. From cradle to grave, I've got a purpose and a plan for you, if you'll trust me. They thrive. They thrive in the courts of our God. You see, living for the Lord and trusting God, it's like miracle grow for your soul. And I love what it says. And they will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green. You see, time's on your side, my friend. Time is on your side when you belong to the Lord and you're trusting him and you're asking him to guide your story. And you know, it's not so much what you do, it's who you are that God is at work on. See, we're human beings, not human doings. And God says, now you're going to do some incredible things if you trust me, but I want you to understand that, that I'm working to put my own image and likeness in you. That's the storyline that I'm really trying to write with you. And so here's a closing question, a question we could use to examine ourselves. What theme is he working in me right now? What's the storyline he's trying to work on right now with me? And this is why it's good not to ask ourselves why. Why now? Why this? 
Why has this happened to me? You know, that, that's frankly, that's the kind of question a helpless victim asks. But rather, the question ought to be, what? God, what are you wanting to work in my life right now that I need to grow in? What are you wanting me to gain? What are you wanting me to learn? What are you wanting me to develop? And I'm saying that when you yield to him and invite him to do his work in your life, when you trust him and you walk by faith with him and you obey him, God is going to be redeeming you. He's not, he's not redeeming your scorecard. He's not redeeming your, your performance record. He died for you because he wants you to be with him forever. And he's had you in mind. And he says, if you'll trust me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem you. Will you do that today? I don't know what kind of transition you might be in. I know the one for our church, it's, it's a significant one today. For me personally, this is, my, this is my day to jump off the high dive, honestly. And there's a lot of unknowns that I have about the future, but I know who's guiding me. And I know the one who's leading me. And I don't know what transition that you're in today, but I just want to ask you, will you, will you ask him to have his way in your life? Maybe God has, in fact, brought you to this moment in your life to get you to open your life to him in a whole new way that you've never done. And you could do that right now, today, right where you are. You may be watching this at home. You may be watching with friends. You may be all by yourself. You may have pulled your car off to the side of the road to take in this, this time of worship. I don't know where you are today, but God knows where you are, and he knows who you are, and he knows what's he, what he wants to do. He knows what you can become. And so would you just say these words to him right where you are? Just say, Lord, I do want to trust you. I need you. Forgive me for ways that I've done things I shouldn't have done, and, and I really, the best I know how, I want to give up trying to do life on my terms, and I want to start doing them on your terms. So would you take me and forgive me and lead me and help me? My goodness, friends, for, there's, for some of you, that's the first time you've ever done that before. And I just want to encourage you. In fact, if you're watching and you've got the chat section up, and if you'd say, you know what, that's the first time I've ever prayed like that, just, just ra- hit that raise my hand to let us know that, you know, today I'm putting my life in the hands of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'd love to get some help to you. That's why our church exists here, is to help to build your life. And, and uh, there's some information that we'd love to get to you. If, in fact, uh, you could take your, your phone or your computer, a smart device, and if you just text the word today to the number 58124. Text the word today to the number 58124. Some information about how to get started right walking with Christ to, Uh, will drop to your smart device and to help you to be certain that you've made a decision to walk with him and and then what to do about that. In fact, there are some of you, it's not the first time you've made that commitment today. You're renewing a commitment to him. You could do the same thing, just just type the word renewing in the, the text line and then send it to 58124, the same number, 58124, text the word renewing. And there's information we'll send you if you're already a follower of Christ to help you to walk from this point forward 